0: No guitar is safe. Hi, this is Jude Gold. Welcome to episode 84 of No Guitar Is Safe, the show where guitar heroes plug in. Today's episode with the super funky Adam Holly, who you're listening to right now, is brought to you by Guitar Player Magazine and guitarplayer.com. Guitar Player: Play better, sound better. Yeah, how funky is Adam? He's so funky that he has enjoyed five number one hits on the Billboard Smooth Jazz chart. Impressive. It's also impressive the number of headlining singers he's worked with. It's crazy. Everyone from Natalie Cole, Joss Stone, Brian McKnight, Jennifer Lopez, Michael McDonald, Philip Bailey. The list goes on and on to the break of dawn. No kidding. (laughs) I run into Adam regularly, I say regularly, but it's been twice now, at the Houston Airport, which is a big hub, because you know he's always out there working. And this last time he was with a very special singer, his wife, Cat Holly. Cat's voice will also make an appearance later in the show. Without further ado, let's go across town to Musicians Institute, One of the rooms on the second floor, which is just a bustling hive of guitar playing. You might hear a little bit of background stuff happening from other players. Where we're going to hang out with Adam and jam with him. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? We are at MI, Musicians Institute, and I am jamming with Adam Holly. All right.
1: What's happening, Jude?
0: Adam has fifth number one single on the Billboard Smooth Jazz chart. And we're kind of playing it right now. It's called Traveling Mood. I wrote out a quick little chart here of it. And you would think that that would be enough for why I want to talk to Adam today and jam with him. And also the fact played with so many headliners from the Backstreet Boys to Sheila E. Pitbull Ricky Minor and the American Idol band Larry Graham Michael McDonald Take Six, some of my favorite bands I love it (laughs) But the real reason that I called you here today Adam is that you had the best champagne problems I've Ever heard in my life? One time we were all in the hall here at MI and uh, we were talking about, you know, airline status and, you know, how you got to keep it up every year. And you said to us, like, you know, some, one guy's like, I'm platinum or I'm gold or, and, you know, how many miles did you get this year? And you're like, man, I'm kind of bumming because I didn't get any miles last year because I spent the whole year touring around on Jennifer Lopez's private jet. <laughs> Dude, you win. That was the best champagne problems I've ever ever heard I have to ask you man as a touring musician and a lot of pro musicians who are listening to this show and aspiring pros and or people who are just kind of interested in the music life and are what what's it what's the deal with flying on private jets and, and what's it like well, uh, what can I expect?
1: Yeah, what can you expect? No, it's 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 fun, you know, I mean, that is true though. you do you don't get the miles, you know, but uh, no, it's great. I mean, generally it's it's all the all the seats are business class and then they have catering there for you, a free drink. so you know, it definitely makes it a little bit more uh, a manageable experience. but uh, but then also the the fun part too is you you know, you don't have to go through security and all of that. you know, you just drive up to a separate terminal. And, um, you know, they just make it, you know, a little bit more of a luxurious experience,
0: so it's fun. Yeah, so I'm trying to picture it now. Um, Is it almost, some of those jets are kind of small. They almost to me might seem a little cozy for five hours.
1: Yeah, well, uh, on the JLo tour, we actually had our own 737. So, um, which if you fly Southwest, that's that's the uh, size. Uh, and so, uh, so that one wasn't small. But yeah, right, we right. did. I was on a on a private jet uh, about a month ago, and that was one of the more smaller personal ones. I may, maybe it sat 20 or so. And so, uh, but it's still, you know, I mean, it, 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 I, I'm not really one that's uh, afraid of flying or whatnot. So, uh, I, I'll I'll take it. Now, either do, you, way. do you know this drummer <laughs> name? Yeah,
0: I was gonna ask you. Do you know this drummer name, Craig Pilo? He plays with Frankie Valley, he's great. Right, I know Craig, yeah. And sometimes he would ride on Frankie's, like they can't fit the whole band, but sometimes you get lucky and you ride on yeah. his uh, private jet, which lands at a small airport, Van Nice, And I thought this was so funny because he used to own a house right near the airport. He would literally walk off the plane with his with his roller bag and just walk to his front door. Now that's pretty killing. I, I, I haven't been able to do that, you know. Although, uh, you know, I live in
1: Ontario, so we're right next to Ontario Airport, so that's pretty convenient. You know, I do I do enjoy that. But, yeah, I mean, basically the main thing is anything that can make the travel experience a little bit more bearable is is always
0: helpful for sure, you know. So, yeah, definitely those times flying private are, are fun. That's awesome, man. Okay, so, man, can we just jam a little bit on, on your awesome single? And then I want to yeah. actually hear the studio track. With Definitely. The, with the fat bass and, and all that. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Let's do it. See, and I, and I like I said, I wrote out the. There's a. I wrote out like the pre chorus or whatever you want to call it. And then yeah. later there's a bridge. So. Yeah. Call out that first change and then call out the bridge. Okay. okay. I'm all just right. going to try to play rhythm underneath you. Right. right on. Let's do it. I love that PRS, by the way. No, oh, right on. Because you have like. It has the moons on it instead of like birds. It's interesting on the fretboard.
1: Yeah, this is a bit of a. I, I'm not sure this is a bit of a custom make for me. It is the David Grissom signature model, the oh, DGT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had them do a few modifications. And I'm not sure about the, um, you know, the inlays, if, if that's what's on the regular DGT, but the main things yeah. I asked for was uh, just regular frets, medium jumbo frets. I can't remember what it comes with, but it wasn't a standard type of fret. And the other thing that to me was a little, I had a hard time getting used to was the, um, the volume knobs. They have the first volume knob being the bridge volume. Which is backwards, really, from those of us used to Gibson type guitars. And then the next volume was the
0: front pickup. Which I love, by the way.
1: Yeah, so I, so I made it a, uh, a uh, strat style. And so it's volume, tone, tone. And then yeah. that, that just made it easier. So then, and then I can do all these, you
0: know, these nice. Oh, yeah. I couldn't live without being able to you know. do that. Not that I can do that the way you're doing it. Show yeah. me some more. That's so sweet. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just grabbing some, some
1: triads you know, which we talk about a yeah. lot here at MI, and uh, and then doing some volume swells with it. Yeah, I'm just doing some triads and, and swelling into them. And so what's nice about the, the uh, with this being one volume, it doesn't matter where the pickup, it, where what pickup I have selected, I can still, you know. Or if I'm in the middle, you know, I can do it too. The middle is a funky position on this guitar. <laughs>
0: That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. I think of that as like gospel east you know yeah that's the, totally the fluttery yeah. the flut- all of that all that
1: but it actually <laughs> started it actually started with uh, curtis mayfield and uh you know and and uh, jimmy hendrix too was doing a lot of that well know? where did they get it from though i mean that's a good that's a good question but really the the godfather of yeah. all of that for modern day is is john jubu smith from the bay area you know with hey, the his... high school jubu so you know yeah, oh, yeah so dude. i so... remember
0: the day he showed up in jazz lab band
1: yeah, yeah, William, yeah, and, and then especially that song, Anniversary, you know. All that stuff, I mean, that that's when it really, that style really exploded, you know. Yeah. It's a tune by Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. dude, right after high school, it's
0: like, Juboo is on Saturday Night Live with Tony, Tony, Tony. Pretty much, Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't even know if he was Jubu then. He was John T. Smith. Oh, I don't think the see, I didn't T... even know. See, you yeah. got the inside oh, story. Yeah. He's John Smith, and then <laughs> I think around his junior or senior year, he added the T, which didn't stand for anything. It just... Which sounded cool. John yeah, yeah, yeah. T Smith. That is yeah. I, like I mean, that. I'm pretty sure about the story, but you have to double check with him.
1: Sounds like a pastor.
0: John, John oh, T I Smith. I just ran into him at the Atlanta airport, like, really? In July. Okay. It's just yeah, it's such a small world, especially in airports. We're all I ran into you in an airport in Dallas. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, John T Smith, as I still think of <laughs> John him. John T Smith. That's Jubu, funny. man. I never knew that. I remember I was I was at lunch break once and I was complaining to the guys this is uh, like 11th grade. Like, man, that amp freaking sucks man it was a horrible amp the speaker was broken and that guitar is just so hor- it was the worst guitar i had like a graphite neck and it was yeah. just. and then this guy is like well did you see the new kid in class he's pretty good i was like no i don't think i was there yesterday and i walk in there and jubu is just making that gear that i was complaining about just making it sing yeah so i never blame my tools well yeah that's a lie i still <laughs> but i try not to since that day yeah that all right, one two three all right four That great bass player in there, right? Yeah. Man, that's a great tune. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for jamming it on with me, and uh, I love the modulation. Now uh, let's listen to the actual track again for a little bit. The musicianship, everything, these are such great tunes. How much does the record label help, too, as far as getting the word, like, where does the, the musicianship and the great songwriting and all that and the awesome guest artists and the great solos and everything leave off and the business side take over as far as helping to get your word out, as far as getting... To the top of the charts yeah well i'm really fortunate the the label um they really stay out of the
1: way <laughs> so I, I just get to do be creative and and do what i feel like is right on the on the album and then i uh you know hand over to them uh, the mastered audio and then they really take the ball from there so they um and then i'll give them some pictures as well from a from a photo shoot And then uh, they'll do all the artwork and then print it up and then, uh, and then also um, do the, uh, the radio promotion as well. And so basically what happens is um, there's a couple individuals. Uh, Ted Joseph is the ANR exec and then um, Richie Salvato is the president. And so the two of them at Kalimba get the ball rolling. And then, um, we have a radio promoter, Jason Goroff, and also his father,
0: uh, Cliff Goroff. And, um, uh, and they make all the calls and, uh, you know. Are there any particularly like, cool marketing things that they did or anything that surprised you that you're like, wow, oh, that was cool. Or that really worked or something that was fresh. I'd never thought of doing that before.
1: Well, really it's, it's, uh, there isn't anything too elaborate. It's really more about, uh, you know, it's kind of like being a politician, uh, shaking hands and kissing baby, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, basically it's getting on the phone and just you know, you know and just pushing the record and, and calling the stations and um, and they have good relationships with the stations and so does our uh, radio promoter, you know, the offs. and um, so really it's more about
0: that you know. And, and that uh, label was started by Maurice White, is that right? Yeah, so it's a huge honor to be a part of that label I mean, you know? and For yeah. those who don't immediately recognize that name that's the founder of Earth, Wind & Fire, the Led Zeppelin of Funk, one of my favorite bands of all time I've never heard that, the Led Zeppelin of Funk Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you doing that cool? Uh, I was trying to do the, the bass line. Cool Verdine White bass line. That is such a cool little thing. Was It's that? like. It's something like that. Yeah something like that yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, man, anyways, yeah. anyways know, something I like did. that we had to give one out for for maurice white i mean those are those yeah god bless him those are yeah. so I'm, I'm glad you're part of that legacy
1: yeah no it's a huge honor yeah, yeah. uh uh the president of kalimba he was with um maurice for uh, over 30 years i believe and then oh. uh and then the anr exec ted he was with warner brothers for 30 years so it's, it's a really great legacy to be a part of and a great team so, cool. Yeah.
0: So, you know, maybe we could just, I want to figure out how you got here because you're like one of the most overachievers that I know. First of all, you are a rock star. You play on these cruises with Dave Koz and all that stuff and you headline all over the place. You got five number one hits on the Billboard smooth jazz chart, as we mentioned. You also got a doctor. You're a professor, you're a doctor of music from USC, the great jazz. I want to hear about how you, where did you, what made you even start playing guitar? You know, I always
1: wanted to play guitar. Just from as long as I can remember, my parents did have some vinyl record collection. Uh, uh, they had a vinyl record collection, and um, that's such a magical feeling. You know, take, taking it out of the sleeve and looking at all the artwork, reading the lyrics, listening to the, you know, to the records. And um, and I do remember they had interestingly enough that's the way of the world earth wind and fire so i remember listening to that at, as early as five years old they had uh, some brothers johnson they had elvis they had all sorts of stuff i remember listening to frankie valley we mentioned you mentioned him yeah. earlier and uh yes yeah, just for whatever reason i picked the guitar out of that always wanted to play and then uh, my mom she was kind of concerned i was going to get wrapped up in sex drugs rock and roll or something so she said you have to play the piano first you know and i think she was thinking i wouldn't stick with it so uh, so, I played piano for a year, starting at eight, uh, year, at age eight, and then at nine, um, started the guitar, and then continued with the piano. Thank goodness, and I'm glad she made me do that, because for um, all the production I do and writing, the piano is is huge. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, started guitar at nine, was taking lessons at a lesson studio, and then uh, I started touring at 14 in a bluegrass band. Believe it or not, <laughs> oh, you know, really? so we were, you know, we we're doing. <laughs> You know, we we're doing all that kind of stuff, <laughs> no kidding. touring all over the uh, the were you Northwest, playing steel String Oregon. or collect- yeah, I was playing steel string, uh, yeah, acoustic. We did that for about a year, and then um, we had a uh, a pretty classic breakup, kind of like uh, from VH1 Behind the Music. It was pretty hilarious. Were you the youngest
0: cat in the band? I was
1: the oldest at fourteen. Oh, so
0: you guys were all the young prodigies.
1: Yeah. So we had I was fourteen year old guitar player. We had a fourteen year old bass player. Uh, A thirteen-year-old banjo player and a twelve-year-old fiddle player. Now, what was the name? (laughs) What was the
0: name of this? you have got to figure the
1: name. Well, yeah, that was part of the problem. I think. (laughs) Got to hear this. Three kings and a jack, and Uh, uh, Jack was the bass player. So that was the opening joke of every set. We're three right. kings and a jack, and I'm Jack. The bass player
0: would say. So yeah, it's pretty pretty bad. So, uh, but we had, we but had a lot of fun. We were it you, Was that something that you were into? Like what, who were your first guitar so that, players?
1: that that was um, by chance. The my guitar teacher at the time knew that band, and they were looking for a guitar player, and he recommended me. So I, I immediately dived into you know the uh-huh, the cool. music. I hadn't really played a whole lot of it before, and uh, it was great. And we. Even worked up to the point of doing Wintergrass, which is the biggest bluegrass festival in north in the Northwest. So, um, know, did they get
0: you sing, singing harmonies as you should? in oh No, I was singing a lot of lead actually. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah,
1: man. yeah. So it was fun. And then, <laughs> so anyways, that lasted a year. And then, uh, then I went in um, and started a blues band in high school, and it was a power trio. So we had a, a drummer, uh, Jake Brownson, and then um, a bassist slash vocalist, Sarah Hunt, and uh, another tragic name. Okay. The name of that band was Mo Pigeon. <laughs> And the reason was is that uh, the, the uh, drummer had a, a pigeon in his barn, and they named it Moe. That's oh. all we got. <laughs> hey, That's man. all we got. <laughs> so anyways, that group we toured for a couple of years, also in the Northwest. Oregon. Now, who in were Washington. your favorite blues players? Is
0: there any blues players that just sent electricity oh, through you? yeah, that?
1: definitely. Well, back then I was listening to the Kings, B.B. King, yeah. uh, Freddie King, Albert King, uh, Clapton, um, Hendrix, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, I was listening to all of it, you know, and um, did a ton of transcribing at the time, and... Um, and uh, so yeah, we had a lot of fun. We did. We had originals, but we also uh, would play um, some covers as well. And uh, and we toured for a couple of years. And uh, it, that that was really fun times. We could fit the whole band in in my car, you know, through the drum set and the bass amp and the guitar amp, and then go. That's cool. What and drive. Like, so this would have 90s? been uh, two thousand. You're so young. Two two thousand through two thousand two, I believe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah basically yeah. 16 to 18 somewhere in there
0: and you're still finishing high school and everything
1: yeah we finished up high school and then halfway through that through that period um i was finishing high school and uh and was looking around for somewhere to go to college uh, to study guitar um, and uh sc was uh, recommended to me so i started looking into it and um,
0: so you started there out of high school, like bachelor program. Yeah, or? straight
1: out of high school, and I was considering at that time I considered Berkeley in Boston, um, Cal State LA, Cal State Northridge, and USC. And I ended up whittling it down to Northridge, and USC came down to LA to so where did you grow both, up on all this stuff? Oregon. Was, so you're, yeah, you're Portland. So I'm from Oregon. Yeah. So, yeah, and that was part of the reason to move to LA um, was that you know it's not as drastic of a move as going cross country to Boston, and um, and then the weather too. The weather down here is a is an improvement from Oregon, <laughs> yeah. whereas I believe going to Boston would have been. A little bit harsher. Yeah, I
0: wanna, I'm <laughs> warning people: don't move to L.A. because the weather will, if nothing else, yeah, keep you here. It's yeah. so great; it's never too hot or too cold. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's great. It's great, and no um, mosquitoes. That too. Yeah, you yeah. hear that? People way. I shouldn't be telling people.
1: But uh, but yeah, so I so I came down here, and um, little did I know, I knew that USC was was a great school and it had a great school of music, but I didn't realize the scope of how legendary specifically the guitar program was I mean from the faculty and then also past alumni you know Paul Jackson Jr. went there Lee Rittenour, um some other guys that aren't like necessarily household names to the average fan but household names to us as guitarists Andy Abad Tarek Ocone I mean there's just like yeah. you know um, an incredible um, just a history there of great guitarists coming out and then the faculty just incredible Richard Smith Frank Potenza I'm afraid to leave somebody out. Carl Verheyen, you know, Tim Kobza, uh, Nick Stubis, Steve Travato, Bruce Foreman. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony monsters. Wilson was there for about a year when I was there. I studied with him. So, and then I left out the classical guys. We had David Oakes and we had um, Adam yeah. Del Monte, you know, when I was there too. So just just really incredible faculty. And, uh, and that was a huge part of... Um, you know my growth as a guitarist and being able to be a working guitarist. And I think I left Pat yeah. Kelly
0: out too. Pat Kelly. Now, why did you set your eyes on getting not just a master's or not just a bachelor's, but a DMA, a Doctorate of Musical Arts? What? Why did you set your sights on becoming Doctor Holly? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it was my goal to obviously. It was a goal to work here, and I'm
1: I'm uh, excited to be here. And uh, shout out to uh, fellow alum Stieg uh, Matheson Absolutely. brought me in. Absolutely, we Stieg. we studied together. We actually were started our yeah. masters at the same time, and then and then finished you know and then our doctorate and so on. And um, but uh, but yeah, my goal was to go into teaching, and I could just kind of see the writing on the wall. I mean, there are, there are some places where you can work with a bachelor's, but um, It's just there's so many people out there with masters that really to distinguish yourself, you needed a doctor. I could see that back when I was in undergrad in the early 2000s. And now, like, so many people have doctorates, so that doesn't even
0: distinguish you really. You got to try to, you know, also have... Five number one hits. Well... But, I mean, I'm kind of (laughs) joking with that, but it's very impressive that you're so accomplished in the teaching field. And then also with your own original music. That's pretty rare. What was the most challenging part of getting your doctorate from USC, like as a guitar player or as a music student? Definitely the, the academic side of it was more challenging.
1: And uh, and not to say that the, the playing side, I mean, that's challenging too, but it's very rigorous. You got to do four recitals, uh, one of those being a lecture recital. So um, in that particular program, you didn't have to do a thesis. But still, I mean, it, it was pretty close to. It was almost a combination of a thesis and a and a performance you recital all together. You do a presentation, altogether. lecture. Exactly. Yeah. What where did you do
0: yours on? And, and who was watching? Was it like other professors? Or? Well, it's it's
1: open to um, you know. It, yeah, all, all the professors are there, but then um, it's it's essentially open to the public. So you end up having an audience of you know it could be usually around 40 or 50
0: people Ah, so yeah what did you talk about
1: I talked about kind of the transformation of blues from its beginnings but then also going through how it transitioned into popular music styles and so you know I started off playing some Robert Johnson by the end I was playing um, you know Robin Ford and Robin Ford is a huge influence of mine so I I went through that litany and, and, and it was challenging because you have to have an intelligible lecture but then you have a band sitting there while you're lecturing and then you Put your guitar on Play a song Then put your guitar down Then go back Uh. to the podium And then lecture some more So it's definitely Kind of an interesting You know um, Back and forth when you're doing right. that, you know. And then I did three other recitals as well. I did a um, I did a, a, a recorded project where I did a lot of music for TV and film. I did a, a solo guitar recital, which was really challenging. You know, you don't have anybody to lean on. <laughs> so no I did my best Joe Pass impression. You know,
0: for most of that. What kind of stuff were you playing for that? Go
1: on. Well, that <laughs> um, yeah, I was playing playing some. Well, uh, he's putting down putting down the, putting so down the pick, folks. Finger, pick style. A, yeah, finger style. Yep, finger style.
0: Keep Bam, going. Darn that dream got another yeah. st- got another standard for us? I could I just love stuff. I'm not sure. oh man, it's... another one uh
1: that that's my go yeah. uh I'll, I'll have to think about that I'm sure right, I'm sure right. I'll come oh yeah, definitely well yeah everyone everyone's uh, favorite favorite standard. <laughs>
2: Something awesome. like that. <laughs> so awesome. Something man. like that. <laughs>
0: That's great that you've been deep down the rabbit hole of chord melody, which we all consider to be the most challenging style, really. It
1: is, it's challenging, but it's but it's it's yeah. uh uh it's you're the hope and the dream. You gotta provide the bass line, the accompaniment and the melody. And so it's a great challenge yeah. on the guitar where um, you know, you kinda gotta do some finger gymnastics to make it happen, you know. So so it's fun. But it actually, you know, that that's one thing that, that's been interesting for myself touring. Like, I really tried to make an effort to be versatile and do a little bit of everything. And so I never really mastered anything, and I'll never claim to that. But that just that right there, being able to do, like, a Joe Bass impression. Uh, my first touring group was the Manhattan Transfer. And then all of a sudden, one day, one of the singers was like, hey, can we do this song? And it was something she recorded as duo with the... Great guitar player, probably Anthony Wilson or or somebody, or Larry Kuntz or something, and um, and I did it, and she loved it, and it became a staple of the show. And then one of the other singers was like, "Hey, let's! I want to do a you know solo guitar tune with you, or a duo, you know, with the solo guitar." And so you never know, you know, when those skills are going to come in handy, you know. And then later on, I started touring with Natalie Cole. Same thing, had to be able to play some of those um, you know jazz styles, but then also be able to play contemporary styles, great rhythm. R&B, rhythm, guitar, and be able to take like a distorted solo. and rock out. Yeah, and rock out. So not every player... Obviously, there's a ton of great bebop players out there that could play circles around me. But there's fewer guys that can play, you know, all of these styles convincingly, and read. So that's kind of been what's been keeping me busy. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you are, man. You're dangerous,
0: <laughs> man, I tell you. Uh, trying, trying. I just, like, you mentioned playing with overdrive. I'm looking at your, you got the cool little board here. You got your Strymon El Capitan. That's a delay. The tape delay. I've always wanted one of those, yeah. Yeah.
1: All the, all the Strymon stuff is great. I mean, I would have yeah. more if I could fit them on here, but this is a the Metro... 16. So I've literally maximized every inch of this. But yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, this is my kind of, you know, crash and bash board. And what I love about it is 11 pounds. I throw it in my suitcase and, uh, and and just rock. So then all I need is my
0: suitcase and my guitar and I'm good to go. I and, love that. Um, and you got some cool stuff on here. Tell us about this clock you got there. What's up with that? It's even got a foot switch on it. What's it called? It's, uh, I don't even know. It's
1: the chronograph. It's
0: like a digital clock. Is that so what it is?
1: It, yeah, it's a digital clock. So the whole point of it was that, um, you know, especially when I do festivals, you're on a strict time schedule. They give you 60 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever, and then you got to get off the stage. Or if I'm closing, you know, sometimes there's a curfew. You oh, know? yeah. Or there's and a union so, thing. You go yeah. past the
0: union thing and everyone, you're in big trouble. Yeah.
1: And 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 that's always a challenge too because you know you're contracted for a certain amount of time and then do they want you to do ninety or the, do they want you to do stop at a certain time so I always have to ask the promoter before I start but anyways yeah it's just based on that and when I'm
0: leading my own band which I've been doing a lot of the last three years I just need to know what time it is you know that's so and, good uh, my band we're always looking over at some like anybody like monitor yeah. or engineer how much time we have right. because you know they, they don't always start on time they might start seven that's minutes late yep. and maybe there's two bands or something and you want to deliver exactly what they Want but you don't want to be rude and go over right <laughs> exactly really yeah so yeah it comes cool. in handy but yeah this board man it's it's really cool so I start with the Sure
1: GLXD wireless and that's the first in the chain and then I love can, that one
0: too because that has a tuner on it and right? it's a
1: tuner so it's super convenient. And then um, it looks like then I'm going to my compressor, the SP compressor. Exotic. And then uh, great compressor. And then I've got the uh, Boss vocoder. Now, how does that sound? It sounds good. We would need to hook up a mic so we can't really hear it right now. Oh, okay, cool. You got to hook up. I usually use a SM57 and hook into it. But, yeah, it gives you kind of a vocoder talk talk box kind of vibe, which is cool. And then I
0: got the uh, Crybaby Mini, which I love. It sounds just like the bigger version. It's just smaller. Uh, Yeah, I have one of those, too. just got to make sure that it's so small you're tempted to put like like you got to make sure that you don't accidentally step on the sp compressor button while you're but using you know
1: what's convenient is my sp that sp compressor is is pretty low profile so it's, yeah. it's really not
0: an issue <laughs> I, you know if i turn this on yeah
1: See, no, notice i don't actually hit the button
0: you know yeah 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 <laughs> I noticed that sounds just good, is what I noticed. (laughs) That sounds so cool. And then I got, let's see, the Pure Boost, which uh,
1: is really just a knockoff of the exotic um, RC Booster. And that sounds great, you know. You know, you can have it be clean, you can have it give you a little gain. Uh, It's a really great pedal. And then the OCD for a little dirt. (laughs) And, yeah. and 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 um, I I dig this pedal. I've had it a, a long time. And yeah. um, but what I like about it is it's got the, it's got the little switch, and so you can you know ha- go for a distortion, which I have it now. Or you can drop it down. And then you get a little like almost like an overdrive. You know, you get like a, you know you know. Yeah. So so it's it's pretty cool. It's a, Nice versatile little thing, but um, for the most part, I leave it on at the di- distortion setting, and it just it yeah, just yeah. sounds good. You know, it's it's fat. I can play power chords. I can play lead.
2: <laughs>
1: it just sounds good, it. <laughs> you know. So, and then I got some reverb, which I just has been on this whole time. The Hall of Fame Mini.
0: Yeah, yeah, it sounds. yeah. From TC Electronic. Yeah, it sounds nice. Yeah. So yeah, and then and then I've got the um, oh yeah the power it. supply from Strymon. And what's yeah. cool about this power
1: supply is it'll take any voltage, so you never have to worry about blowing up your power supply. I mean, like if you're traveling abroad or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, and you don't even have to switch it. It just does yeah. it automatically. So yeah, yeah. you know,
0: I can just plug it in. I don't even have to think about it. You know. So, yeah, man. Yeah. And it's funny because. A lot of people write in to me and say that they've learned so much from the podcast. One thing I learned when I interviewed Kevin Cadigan from Third Eye Blind, the uh, multi-platinum 90s rock band, he's like, man, it used to bug me that I always had to play my wah-wah pedal with my right. This is so silly. (laughs) But he's like, I learned to play with my left. Like, now I always play with my left, too, because I'm usually on stage left, and if you put your right leg on the wah you're even more to the left. Oh, interesting. So, so yeah, from this podcast, I have learned to play with my left leg on the Y. It's just weird. It's, it's just so so nerdy, I guess. That's but funny. Yeah, with that little tiny wah wah pedal. Yeah, I take yeah. it,
1: man. It's great. You know, they're really inexpensive
0: yeah. and uh, they're light. That's they're light. The thing. Yeah, that's wanna, the other thing. Yeah, it's a lot lighter. You want to keep that suitcase down. And um, yeah. yeah, like
1: I said, this whole thing. Last time I weighed it was 11 pounds. So it, man, it, it really it's it's killing. You know, and it's all the sounds I need. You know. Yeah. That little pedal train. A Metro. A Metro 16. Metro 16. Like,
0: I can't quite read it because of that cable, right? Yeah. Yeah, I use those boards too. but So let's listen to another one of your tunes. Should we yeah. listen to another one let's, of the uh, singles? Which yeah. one would you like to f- play to flourish?
1: Oh, well, you could play the first single off of the uh, off of the new album, which is uh, called Can You Feel It? And that's a tune I wrote with a buddy of mine, DeMonte Posey. And he's a really great producer. He's produced a lot of Eric Benet's tunes, and he works with Babyface and... Um, and david foster and uh and so yeah that, that was the first thing that came out and it features a great saxophonist marcus anderson who's toured with prince and celo and uh, so yeah man just check it out
0: imagine the stories that you guys have when you're all because you're, you're you're you and marcus are both you know front men and have your own albums and everything but you also must have crazy sideman stories yeah you know <laughs> like of all the different artists i mean i would work who should i ask you about it said pitbull have you played pitbull
1: well, like, like pitbull was it was a guest at several shows on the j-lo tour yeah, yeah. yeah. and so um yeah, yeah actually they have that huge single Right. right, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah So yeah, a lot of time On a big tour like that A lot of the guest artists they end up being on the screen You know, they're not actually yeah. there But when we did big markets Like LA, Miami A lot of those artists Ended up actually showing up And doing the rap Or, or the verse yeah. Or whatever they had So we had Lil Wayne show up We had um, Pitbull
2: Yeah
1: um, and, uh, and then also The whole summer When we did the States It was a double bill With Enrique Iglesias You know, so it was fun yeah. To meet all those cats And hang with them And uh so yeah so yeah it was it was a, it was one of the biggest tours of 2012 so it was a you know it was a fun one definitely
0: yeah i asked about pitbull because my favorite bass jam in my car i've got you know i'm a stereo guy i got a yeah. nice system okay. to ride you know is <laughs> <laughs> that song fireball when the bass drops like if you heard it on your iphone and you're not going to get the effect right like, you yeah. hear it on the subwoofer it's so deep so yeah i i got it i actually got into him because I was interviewing Chris Stein, the Hall of Fame guitar player who formed Blondie, yeah. with Debbie Harry, you know, and he's like, no, you got to check that stuff out. There's some <laughs> cool Caribbean influences. And oh, like, yeah, he's, yeah. He's no, a he's... And so I'm like, really? So I'm like diving in, like, yeah. Yeah. It's dope. No, he's he's big-time, big-time artist. And then, I don't know, you must be pretty tight with Dave Coz by now, who leads these uh, these big cruises with all the all-star stuff and yeah. festivals.
1: So yeah, I started working with Dave in 2013 on his cruise, and so I've been in the house band. And so, and a lot of people ask me about like, oh, you know, especially a lot of the students here at MI, do I need to read? You know, and so, yeah, when I was when I was with J Lo, Backstreet, a lot of the pop stuff, I didn't read. But then there's all this whole other segment of work where reading is is super important, and then you meet a lot of. Um, I get a lot of accounts from that. And the cruise is definitely one of those. So I'm in the house band uh, and end up playing for usually about eight artists each year and learning um, a 60 minute show for each of them. So you end up learning about 100 songs. And so, you know, reading is like, you know, instrumental in being able to survive, you know, because I can. You know, I I, I listen through all the material and songs that are super intricate. Obviously I I, kind of mark them as to come back to them and spend a lot of time. And if it's like a ballad without like an actual guitar part, like maybe the guitar player is just playing swells or just some nice, you know, I know that, hey, I can put that away and I'll read that at the rehearsal and at the gig, you know? And so I'm confident with my reading where I can be efficient in uh, my preparation and get through more music that way. And uh, so, yeah, it's a lot of fun through that cruise. I've obviously worked with Dave, but then also just a bunch of legends like Gerald Albright, Kirk Whalum, Larry Graham, Michael McDonald, Denise Williams, Freddie Jackson, um, and so on, you know, so, uh, so it's a blast. And so now I've done, let's see, uh, I think five or six cruises. And, um, and the other cool thing is he changes the location every year. So far we've done Alaska, the Caribbean, the Mediterranean, Next year we're doing Australia, and then the following year we're doing uh, in 2020 the British Isles, but sailing from Amsterdam. So it's pretty cool. You get to see some really cool places, and then play a lot of a lot of really great music. And then um, and then I also do my own show on the cruise as well. And so that's a
0: great way to you know keep keep pushing my project and and uh, you know sell some CDs and. Uh, and keep the momentum going That's awesome man Yeah It's great hang on those boats too Because most of the time People don't realize it But you know Like when you're out on the roads You might see other musicians And you know Cross paths for a moment In the airports or whatever or At sound check But on those crews You really get to connect With the other players And really make friends and stuff And that's kind of fun
1: Totally yeah And then yeah. there's There's quite a few people That are from LA So I'll see them through the year But throughout the year but, um, but there's a lot of people That aren't And that's It's really It feels like a reunion You know You see We know we'll see them every year And uh, it feels like you know it's
0: like Nam show with yeah. some sunshine and umbrella drinks <laughs> exactly
1: yeah yeah no so it's such a blast and it's just it's a it's a big family basically and uh,
0: so we have we look forward to it every year what is this tune of yours it reminds me kind of of the um, I'm not sure which one it is because I've seen it seen it a bunch on YouTube but it's got this really cool groove sounds kind of like the changes to Red Clay or maybe it sounds like a Nothing from Nothing or something what is it? Oh, is that right? Something like that?
1: I, oh, you're talking about? So, you might be th- talking about the new tune off of my new record. Uh, let's let's see. Um, B flat? Uh, or? Oh yeah. Okay.
0: It's more driving. I sure No, it's not
1: that. Oh, you, maybe you're talking about. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. That's not it
1: oh i know what you're talking about you're talking about um you're talking
2: about
1: Yeah, I think you're talking. I think you're talking
0: about that one. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just love that feel, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a tune called Joyride that me and a buddy of mine wrote. Uh, Greg Manning, who's also on Kalimba yeah. Music, really great keyboardist, and toured with everybody from Brian McKnight to Jonathan Butler, and he's also on the crew. yeah we close the tune with that and then i do a mashup of that and jamaica funk tom brown tune you know Dude, so we end up you're going speaking into my
0: language you know this is a secret i don't this song is so funk. wait hold on well i do it in a because
1: because my song is in
0: i'm with you man I used to do that on baritone, so it'd nice. sound really nasty. It'd yeah. be like it'd be in B, but low B, kind of. Okay. Like. It'd be like ah oh, shit, what would it be? Anyway, it'd be an octave lower than this. No, what would it be? No, it would be an octave lower than this. It'd be like, and then it'd go down. Crazy. I can now. I'm changing the tuning peg here, but it play it on bar. I just. I love that jam out. That's wild Yeah it's a great
1: tune Great tune You, you know, know
0: and I never would have found it Except for I was playing with an R&B singer And she'd bring in these tunes That I yeah. didn't know before And I'm like You know they just be, become I love that about music When someone throws something at you That you didn't know yeah. Before And then you're like hey Yeah
1: totally yeah, Whatever it is Bluegrass you know, It's a classic or, tune Yeah and I, and I uh, Almost always close my show With that mashup of, of my yeah. tune and that And uh, You and, do it you know, up the a crowd loves though it. It's, yeah, it's, well, well cuz cuz I the keep other the, tune is, well yeah. cuz I keep the tempo of the uh, I think it's at 120. Yeah, and the original yeah. is, is is definitely slower, but um, you know, do, do those yeah. mashups they're fun,
0: you know. Before we go, man, let's listen to the song that has a very special guest on it. I believe it's an Adele song, but your version of it. Who's singing on this one?
1: That's right. Yeah, so that's my lovely wife Cat, and uh, shout out to her. She's uh, she sings in uh, in my show when I go out to tour and a uh, really great vocalist and uh, and a fan favorite. Hello When uh, I'm about to go do a show, the first thing people ask is, "Is she coming?" <laughs> so, uh, so she's a big part of the project, and yeah, she. Uh, we we did a kind of a reimagining of uh, Hello, and the story behind that is I was on tour with Joss Stone, and we were in New York doing some uh, some uh, promo dates, and uh, I just started messing around with this vibe, and I happened to record it. Thank goodness those voice memo apps come in so handy. So I came back to that groove later on, and I was like, man, you know, I could totally hear doing kind of like a, a remix of something with that groove. And uh, so that's what this is, you know? So I, I kind of started that groove and um, and, uh, and we kind of redid it. And uh, so it's a fun
2: tune.
0: Well, let's close with that. Thanks again to Zoom for this recorder that I use. Thank you, Zoom. <laughs> And to PRS for those great guitars. Yeah, shout out to PRS. I'm actually, what do I have today? This is a Music Man Cutlass. Sounds good. Thanks, man. I'm just trying to give you something to play to. But uh, I really appreciate you coming by. I'm going to let you get back to your family because it's late. You've been here eight hours. Next okay. time I see you in the hall, I hope for an even more epic humblebrag. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, exactly. Or champagne yeah.
0: problems or whatever. That's but funny. <laughs> it's fun to watch you go, man. So thanks oh, man. a lot, Adam. Thanks so much for having me. Keep it alive to it's you, another. 95.